Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I to this guy for wisdom. Welcome to the Drew Allen Show. This is your host, Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. I know it's been a little while since we've been here. To be honest, I'm not going to bore you with it. I've got a lot of stuff to get into. I was sick again for two weeks. You know, a couple months ago, I got back from a trip to Europe with my family, uh, daughter, wife, uh, grandma, and, um, and I got sick. And I got sick again. I got hit. And it was just painful. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I've still got a little bit going on, but nonetheless, I'm good. I'm really, really happy to be here. This is is absolutely without a doubt the most important episode. This is like number 200, I don't know, seven or something like that, that I've done. I don't know. What is it, Captain? 208. 20, yeah, 208, he says. So, Anyway, we've been at this a long time, and I don't say that every single episode, but I mean it. This really is the most important one, so you don't want to miss it. Stick around and honestly share this with friends, uh, people that need to hear it, because we've got a lot to get into, and some of it's going to be difficult to hear, um, but I'm willing to upset people because I love the country. Look, I, I want to start out. We're, look, we're, we are going to get into... I'm going to make it very clean, very clear, very easily understood what's going on with Jack Smith, what this is about with the Supreme Court. What is what is Jack Smith doing? Why is he trying to expedite this? Why is he circumventing the appeals court in D.C.? What are his cards? I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's not complicated. I'll get into Hunter Biden and what's going on with that uh, impeachment inquiry that's, that, that, that just moved forward. But first, I want to address... Our own side, our own party. Trump has become a scapegoat for people on our side. Conservatives, people that I agree with on many things ideologically, conservatives, a group of them on our side or not on our side is going to be the point of this. But conservatives, a group of them are taking their anger out on Trump. Instead of Democrats, instead of Joe Biden, instead of the real people responsible for the very things they are outraged about. And these people, psychologically, have been beaten down, so beaten down, understandably, by the failures of the GOP, by the prowess of the left-wing media and the Democratic Party. They are fed up with what's going on at the border. They are fed up with the cultural rot in this country, that they are so desperate for revenge. And they are desperate for feeling like they have a sense of control. And since these people cannot immediately and directly affect the GOP, they can't fix the GOP. They can't close the border themselves. And they can't immediately change people's minds and hearts. And so they have decided to blame Trump for all of it because they have convinced themselves that they can bring down Trump. So they've decided that bringing down the forces of evil, the real forces responsible, that's too hard. They've given up. That's the reality. They've given up on that. They can talk a big talk, talk a big game, but they've given up. But they think they can destroy Trump. That's an easier target for them. They think they can replace him with DeSantis, and DeSantis is going to be their new savior. He is going to solve all their problems, all the problems that Trump failed to fix because he's one man and he's up against a machine and a deep state and a GOP that hates his guts and hates your guts. But somehow these people are convinced that DeSantis is the guy that's going to come in there and fix it all. He's their new messiah. And so a new cult has developed around DeSantis. I know the DeSantis, oh, Trump, that's a, no, 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 no. The DeSantis folks and the influencers, this is the real cult. 
And it's very unhealthy. And it stems from desperation. And again, I get it to some extent because the reality is Steve Dace and these other people, I'm upset about the same things they are in terms of the country, in terms of the country. But these people, you have to remember, many of them, they hate Trump more than they love America, even on our side. And so this support of DeSantis and this hatred of Trump, it stems from this emotional and intellectual weakness. That's what it is. These people are weak. They're very, very weak. So they're lashing out at Trump. They're lashing out at MAGA. And DeSantis knows this. And DeSantis is exploiting this. He's exploiting these Americans who are desperate, who are hopeless. And how is he doing it? He's rewriting his own history. He's rewriting Trump's history. And he's leading these people absolutely astray. Trump is going to be the nominee. I don't know how many times I... Like it or not, Trump is going to be the nominee. Accept reality. So what did the DeSantis people come up with? Well, the polls are rigged. Right? The polls that show Trump leading DeSantis, Haley, Ramaswamy, everybody by 50 points. Those are rigged. Those are rigged. And I've got a perfect piece I'll get into in a minute that it's an op-ed in Newsweek, and it perfectly explains this delusion that is overtaking some minds, corrupting their minds. I mean, you have brain rot in people like Steve Dace. And I'll get into it in a minute. But Trump is the new boogeyman, not just for people on the left, but for people on the right. A very small group, but a very active, rabid, radical fringe of the right who are never Trumpers, that are all in for DeSantis, and they're putting their hatred They're pointing it all at Trump, even though he doesn't deserve it. And so they need somebody to blame, and Trump's the person to blame. They hate Trump. Everything that's wrong in this country is Trump's fault. It's not Biden's fault. It's not the left's fault. It's not the media's fault. Trump-Russia collusion doesn't matter that they engaged in a coup. Quid pro quo doesn't matter. J6 setup doesn't matter to these people. The stolen election, they'll even now say that the election wasn't stolen because they hate Trump. So they say Trump has to go. He's the problem. If Trump goes, everything will be okay. And it's delusional. And I want to be clear too. I don't mean this in any kind of hateful way. But this is the thought process of men and women who have been broken. And the never Trump DeSantis folks are broken. DeSantis is vaccinated. He urged Floridians to get the vaccine. He shut down Florida in 2020. He praised Fauci in 2020. He praised Trump and campaigned for him in 2020. But now, DeSantis, oh yes, he's the Messiah. He's rewriting his history. He would have fired Fauci, really, but you praised Fauci in 2020. Trump wasn't president after January 20th, 2021. DeSantis didn't come out as this big fighter until long after Trump was not even in office anymore. DeSantis celebrated Trump's selection of Christopher Wray as the FBI director. Now DeSantis says, Trump made bad personnel the same. So this revisionist history where going back in hindsight, yes, DeSantis would have done all these things differently, and yet he didn't. He made the same decisions, supported the same things, had the same points that Trump did while Trump was president. So this is the problem. And this is what's going on with the never Trump DeSantis wing. They have given up. They have been overwhelmed. The brains have been broken and they need a scapegoat because it's easier to just blame Trump than be realistic about what's going on in the country. Now, I guess I'll get into this piece from Newsweek for a minute to explain some of this delusion, if you will. I don't know who this person is. Apparently, he's some kind of evangelical or something. You notice these evangelicals, Captain, they're coming out of the woodwork. Never heard of him before. But anyway, Dr. Wayne Grudem, he's writing for Newsweek. Why Trump should drop out now. 
a conservative Republican viewpoint. Firstly, Captain, I'm offended by this because I am a conservative Republican. In fact, I wouldn't even use the word Republican. I would just say I'm conservative. But, you know, here's somebody. This is what they always do too, Captain. It's so disingenuous and disgusting. Like, this guy's opinion speaks for me. Like, this guy's got the right opinion, and Drew Allen's got the wrong opinion. Why Trump should drop out now? This is the exact opposite thing that needs to happen. I'm going to get into this in a minute and explain to everyone what needs to happen. And it's not just based on my feeling. It's based on strategy that is born from reality. Before I read this, some pull quotes. The Democratic Party does not want Trump to be president. They do not want him to be president. Is that clear, Captain? Does someone disagree with me out there? I mean, this is the this is the thing. It's obvious Democrats don't want Trump to be president. They're saying he'd be a dictator if he returned. Obviously, they're prosecuting him left and right, trying to prevent that from happening. And yet you have the same DeSantis people that would say that the Democrats want him to be the nominee because they can beat him. Really? That's not what's going on. They fear Donald Trump, and they're not certain they can beat him. And it became very clear now with what Jack Smith is doing, more than ever, that they do not want him to even be the nominee. And this is why I have no love anymore for, and no tolerance, I don't have any patience for the DeSantis, never Trump folks. Because you actually are a threat to the republic now. No, I'm not talking like Joe Biden, MAGA's the greatest threat, but, but, but you don't get it. But I'm hoping you will get it here. And again, I do not have any hatred for you. I have just studied this. I've been following this. I understand so clearly what is going on, and I just want other people to get it too. So do not mistake my passion right now in this episode. Don't mistake my words, my criticisms. Don't mistake that for hatred. It's not hatred. I want to save the country. And this is how we do it. And I need as many Americans as possible to get it too, so we can do it together. Because Trump's going to be the nominee. All right. So why Trump should drop drop out now? Now, firstly, every person who ever writes this kind of crap and garbage has to tell you I voted for Donald Trump twice. Oh, yes, they're so legitimate, their opinions, because, you know, they voted for Trump twice. So now they've seen another way. Now, I don't know. I could probably go back and dig up things that this person has said about Trump. He probably hated Trump in the past, too, but reluctantly voted for him. And I would hope that he would reluctantly vote for Trump again in 2024. But he says he published several op-ed pieces defending him and his policies. He says he spoke in support of Trump on podcasts and before live audiences. He says he doesn't regret those decisions and remains convinced that given the alternatives, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden supporting Trump in 2016 and 2020 was the right choice. So he'll go on and he'll talk about how great Trump was, how great his presidency was. He will give you statistics like I do in my book, America's Last Stand. He'll give you statistics. He'll talk about how actually a, a Trump administration right now would be beneficial to us. <clears throat> so he basically makes the trace, makes the case for Trump in some ways. And then he follows up with his first zinger. Why Trump should drop out now. Why then should Trump drop out of the current presidential race? Because he is a weaker candidate than in 2016. I'm going to pause and I'm going to come over here to something Byron York wrote as kind of a summary of where we're at right now. And the headline of Byron York is, as Trump lead widens, prosecutors step up the pursuit. So Byron York goes on to point out through polling and everything else that's been conducted that, of course, Trump is actually in the strongest position he's ever been in. 
which is a direct refute of what this clown evangelical, and I'm sorry, yes, he is a clown, because, because he's writing foolish things to mislead people that aren't based on fact. They're based on some weird delusion that I just spoke about based on rot in someone's brain. So, I mean, here's the thing, you know, he says, he, he says Trump should drop out now. This, I can't believe people, Captain. I mean, how, do they think that the readers are stupid? I'm not stupid, and that's why I have this show. But anyway, Republican pollster Frank Luntz. Oh, yes, Frank Luntz is so reliable. Frank Luntz recently called Trump the weakest Republican candidate for the general election. You, you hear this from the DeSantis people, right, Captain? He's the weakest candidate? DeSantis can't poll past, you know, 12% in the Republican primary. Trump is showing he's leading Biden in all the swing states right now. And this guy is going to tell me that Trump's the weakest candidate. It's not based on reality. That's my problem with this. The latest Gallup poll showed a remarkable decline in party loyalty for both parties. 28% of Americans now consider themselves Republicans. 24% now consider themselves Democrats. And a whopping 46% say they are independents. A candidate will have to win a majority of independents in order to win the election. And that is where Trump comes up short. And yet he doesn't. Because poll after poll has shown that independents are skewing towards Trump. So anyway, he gets into seven negative factors that diminish Trump's support. Refusing to admit that he lost the 2020 election. It's amazing to see these individuals that are such frauds who know the 2020 election was stolen, have said it themselves on the record in the past, and now, now they want to say that It was a fair election. Many faithful Trump supporters, he writes, will still believe that the election was stolen and they are entitled to their own beliefs. But I'm concerned that endlessly repeating this claim quickly turns off many independent voters. You know what's remarkable to me, Captain, about the DeSantis campaign that is the biggest disaster in U.S. political history? They point to the 2020 election, Trump bringing that up, as being obsessed with the past. We need to be focused on the future, they say, Captain. And yet, what is it the DeSantis campaign has made the central message of their campaign? COVID. COVID. Now, I'm not giving my opinion about this. I'm just telling you that if you're DeSantis and you say you can't focus on 2020 because that's the past, but then he obsesses over focusing on COVID and the lockdowns, which was the past, how do you take yourself seriously? In my opinion, the COVID stuff needs to be resolved. We need retribution for what they did. And we also need retribution for what they did in 2020. You see, to me, those are two past issues that are still influencing and affecting the present and our future. They need to be resolved. But you see, the DeSantis campaign is so disingenuous that they want to eliminate issues that are beneficial to Trump, and they want to try and exploit issues that they think can be used against Trump. This is not a principled campaign. And it's actually DeSantis who's the selfish one, not Trump. Okay, here we go. You have a so-called conservative Republican, right? Writing this op-ed. And he's using left-wing talking points. Here's point two recklessly refusing to call off the protesters when the demonstration turned violent on January 6th. That is an abject lie. That is something parroted by the partisan J6 committee. Donald Trump did not only tell the protesters to make their voices peacefully heard ahead of their marching over to the rotunda, but he also did go on and tweet it out. And eventually, here's the thing. Nothing Trump could do could ever satiate these losers. So there you go. He is a Lincoln Project uh, spokesperson is what it sounds like to me. 
Losing Republican, here's another point, losing Republican control of the U.S. Senate by making rash endorsements of weak Republican candidates in several states. You know, you cannot cherry pick, which is what we have to do, either side. I can cherry pick cases and tell you that Trump's endorsement made people win. And they can cherry pick cases in which Trump endorsed people and they lost to say that Trump's endorsement hurt them. It's bigger than that. It's more complicated than that. So this is a joke. And then he gets into legal problems. What if Trump wins the nomination and then is convicted of a felony before the November general election? Fiercely loyal Republicans would still back him, but for a large number of moderate voters, they would be the final straw. Now, firstly, the so-called moderates are going towards Trump because they recognize, unlike this loser that wrote this op-ed, they recognize that this is the biggest danger to the American Republic is what they're doing to Trump. So unlike this coward, many Americans' response to what they're doing to Trump is they're going to support him because they get it. But this person wants to abandon Trump, hang him out to dry, and let him be put in prison for some inexplicable reason. So anyway, I mean, it just, it goes on and on, to be honest. Um, But at the end, this sums up everything about the delusional, rotted brain DeSantis supporters. Finally, I hope that the new Republican president on January 20th, 2025, will issue a wide-ranging pardon to Trump, thus rebuking the Democrats' shameful attempts to use the Department of Justice as a political weapon to persecute members of the other. Do you, do you realize what a coward this person is? So he doesn't want to stand up for Trump now. So here he is after all this garbage, admitting in the very end, this is what pandering looks like and grifting, by the way, is if I'm going to take this person seriously because, oh yeah, he's one of me, don't you know? He just advocates for letting the Democrats put Trump in prison, but then he wants to tell me, well, I hope, you know, DeSantis pardons him in the end. You see, he's saying that the DOJ is involved in a banana republic tactic using the Department of Justice as a political weapon to persecute Donald Trump. But his solution isn't to support Trump. His answer isn't to back Trump and prevent it from happening. His solution is to let it happen and then hope that some Republican can get in there that's not Trump and pardon him. Wayne Gruden, PhD, well, that's good. He doesn't have an EDD like Jill, is a distinguished research professor of theology and biblical studies at Phoenix Seminary. This guy would have abandoned Jesus Christ when the going got tough if he had lived and walked in the era of Jesus. This is the kind of fraud this is. No, I'm not comparing Trump to Jesus. I'm comparing it to the fact that when you encounter hardship and you encounter difficulty, you throw somebody under the bus. And that's what Wayne Gruden wants to do. All right, I'm going to get into Jack Smith. And I'm going to tell you how we could actually end this now. And it's not abandoning Trump. The solution, the counter, the brilliant strategy to actually circumvent and outmaneuver Jack Smith and the Democrats who are trying to put Donald Trump in prison and prevent him from being the Republican nominee is for every GOP candidate who thinks they're going to be president and take it away from Trump, it is for them to immediately call off the nomination process and nominate Trump today. Because everything Jack Smith is doing and the Democrats are doing is aimed at preventing Trump from being the nominee. Their entire strategy right now, it's not just prison for Trump. It's they don't want him to be the Republican nominee. They don't want to face him in the 2024 presidential election. And that's why Jack Smith just went to the Supreme Court and is begging them to get involved 
and issue an expedient response to his request to allow this March 4th, 2024 trial date to take place. Now, Jack Smith is obsessed with one thing. Jack Smith is obsessed with this March 3rd or 4th, whatever day it is. It's the day before Super Tuesday. The day before 15 or so caucuses throughout states in this country for the GOP nomination. That's the date that Jack Smith wants to start this trial. And by law, if this trial goes forward, this criminal trial, Trump is obligated to sit there in court every single day. The reason he wants this to happen the day before Super Tuesday and get this trial started as fast as possible is because he's hoping that this can persuade people to abandon Trump and go with DeSantis or someone else. That's why they're obsessed with this. Now, if we just made Trump our nominee right now, the left would blow a gasket. They would not know what to do because you have to understand the left doesn't want Trump to be president. How do you prevent him from being president? Well, the easiest way is to prevent him from even being named the nominee. So all of this is aimed at interfering, not just in the 2024 presidential election, but interfering in our own primary. And DeSantis and Haley in particular, but mainly DeSantis, they are hoping to what? They're making the same arguments. They are trying to replace Trump. They're trying to take the nomination away from Trump, saying he can't win if he's convicted. He can't win because of this and that. But really, he can. And really, we would disrupt and destroy the left's game in many ways. And we would empower ourselves and run roughshod over them if we would actually think like they do, get in their minds like I'm doing right now, and just make Trump the nominee now. They would lose their freaking minds. DeSantis needs to drop out. Haley needs to drop out, Ramaswamy, whatever. But they all need to drop out and they all need to say, we understand what you're doing. We're not going to allow this to go forward. Trump is the nominee. We offer our full support of Trump. We're backing him and we will defeat you in 2024. And if they did that, oh my goodness, Captain, to see the reaction from the left, it would be a beautiful thing. But we don't have courageous people on the right. We have a bunch of self-serving, grifting losers who care nothing actually about the country. They care about themselves, and that includes DeSantis. Now, don't take my word for what the left's motivations are right now. I'll read you a couple of articles here. from the New York Times and the left-wing Guardian in the UK. New York Times. Why Jack Smith is taking Trump's immunity claim straight to the Supreme Court. While the lawyers obviously hoped to win the appeal, they also had another goal, to drag out the process for as long as possible and postpone a trial on the election interference charges. It was that delay strategy that appeared to underlie Mr. Smith's second request to the Supreme Court. He asked the justices not only to rule on the immunity issue before the lower appeals court did, but also to do so on an expedited basis. I think I need to stop there for a second. I've got some <clears throat> mucus building up, but whatever. You know, I'm sorry to share. You've been with me a long time. Whatever, we're family. That's what's going on. It's really a pain. Try doing an hour show and you want to blow your nose and you can't. It's like torture. <clears throat> there, I, I mustered a cough. That's all. I'll, I won't put you through any more than that. So I, I think people need to understand what's at play here. And I'm going to give you a crap sandwich in a minute because there's good news and there's bad news. You know, you put good news, the bad news, the good news, right? You put the crap sandwich, you know, you sandwich it between some good news. Um, this particular case that we're talking about with Jack Smith, he wants to, you know, try Trump, convict Trump of trying to overturn election results, which there's no crime committed, yada, yada, yada. 
But fundamentally, what you have to understand is Trump was president at the time. Presidents are understood to be immune from prosecution. Obviously, if you're trying to run the country, the president of the United States, you can't be getting sued left and right personally. Or it would disrupt and threaten the United States of America, our stability and everything else. So it's widely understood that presidents have immunity. But there is a process built in to address that. It's called impeachment. So even though you can't go and criminally prosecute a president in civil court or criminal court while they are president, you can still impeach a president. So that requires, we've seen it happen, the House drafting articles of impeachment, voting on them, sending them to the Senate, and in the Senate you have the trial. Democrats tried to use this twice to oust Trump. With quid pro quo, they impeached him, and the Senate voted to that he was not guilty. With insurrection, the House voted to impeach him, and the Senate acquitted him. And so you have to understand that this is absurd on its face because there's already been a trial. Democrats already had a trial in the Senate. They tried to impeach Trump over these very claims of insurrection and so on and so forth. And he was found not guilty. And then you had the J6 committee. They came up with nothing. So this is really the third attempt. I mean, how many times? Do you understand, like, this violates double jeopardy? I mean, they say Trump's not above the law. He should be treated like anybody else. But he's being treated worse than any criminal. O.J. Simpson can't be tried again for murdering his wife. We know he probably did. But that's the law. A jury acquitted him of murdering his wife. You can't go and say, well, now we want to do it again. It doesn't work that way. You don't get to spend your whole life persecuting somebody. But that's what the left is doing to Trump. And so now, at the root of this is a constitutional crisis. Because Jack Smith and the Democrats, they want to prosecute Trump for things he did while he was in office, now that he's not in office. So basically, you're immune while you're president, but as soon as you're not president, well, you can be convicted, persecuted, prosecuted for anything they couldn't get you on while you were president. Logically, you know this is wrong. If the point is to insulate a president and prevent him from being the target of political prosecution and interruption of our political process while he's in office via immunity, then obviously it stands that, that, that it's also not permissible to just do it as soon as they step out of the Oval Office. And if this is going to be the precedent, well, we should be digging up what Obama did and criminally prosecuting him for anything he did while he was in office. Same thing for any president. Let's just go down the line. You didn't like something they did while they were president? Well, now they're not president, and you're going to spend your life. You just served as the president of the United States, serving your country. And now, because you represent the opposite political party, now the other side is going to spend the rest of their time, and you're going to spend the rest of your life in courtrooms because we're going to prosecute you for everything we didn't like during your presidency. That's what this amounts to. Is that clear? <clears throat> so, look, Trump, obviously, he's got this Obama appointee, Chutkin, who is in the tank for the Democrat Party, who's participating in this wildly unjust process, supporting everything Jack Smith wants. And <clears throat> she set this trial date for the day before Super Tuesday, March 3rd or 4th, whatever, whatever the day was. And Trump's lawyers are appealing to the D.C. Circuit. Now, the appeals process can take months. So that prevents this court date from taking place on the March 3rd or 4th date. And so Smith wants it to happen before Super Tuesday because his goal is to prevent Trump from being named the nominee. He wants to interfere in our nomination process. And the DeSantis campaign is repairing these talking points to try and make that happen. So Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, Jack Smith, 
So look, a significant delay, if Trump had his way, could push this trial into summer or fall. And, you know, it's fine. here's what the New York Times says, actually. Yeah, the, the delay could push the trial into summer or fall, the heart of the 2024 campaign season. That could cause problems for Mr. Trump because he would be obliged to attend the trial in Washington every weekday for two or three months when he could be holding rallies or meeting voters. So why, why, does, why does Jack Smith have a problem with that? That's election interference, right? Why is he opposing this? This sounds like a bad raw deal for Trump. Well, listen to the New York Times. Mr. Trump would likely respond to such a situation by bringing his campaign to the steps of the federal courthouse. He would almost certainly hold daily news conferences in front of the television cameras that would await his exit from the courtroom and use them to deliver his political talking points and attack the legal proceeding. So the Democrats are realizing that Trump could still win the election even if he's stuck in this courtroom in the middle of the campaign season because they recognize that Trump is just relentless. He will give press conferences outside the courthouse. He will use them as campaign stumps. And they don't want that to happen. They don't want him to be the nominee, period. So two things could happen here. If the Supreme Court takes this case and agrees with Trump's immunity claims, then the indictment would be tossed out and there'd be no trial. But if the court hears the case and sides with Jack Smith, a trial would be held likely before the election. On the other hand, if the justices declined to hear the case at this stage, then it would go back to the U.S. Court of Appeals. But the Supreme Court could eventually come back into the picture and consider challenges to the decision. You see, but Jack Smith's covered his bases here. He's also gone to the D.C. Court of Appeals, and he's asked them to expedite this. So even if the Supreme Court says no and doesn't take this up, and it does go to the D.C. Court of Appeals, Jack Smith has got the D.C. Court of Appeals to expedite this to try and still meet this trial deadline before a jury of March 4th. Now, here's the Guardian. Donald Trump's attempt to delay his impending federal trial on charges over his efforts to overturn the 2020 election results may have been dealt a deft blow by special counsel prosecutors after they directly asked the U.S. Supreme Court to resolve whether the former president can be criminally prosecuted. So, you know, the the Democrats seem to think, and Jack Smith seems to be hoping, that the Supreme Court would intervene and make a ruling that would benefit Jack Smith. So, I mean, they're telling you what the strategy is here. Even if the case did go to trial before November, Trump's preference would have been for the trial to take place as close as possible to the election because it would have given his 2024 campaign ammunition. So the Democrats actually are realizing that their prosecutorial strategy is backfiring on them. They believe that what they're doing is benefiting Trump. And so they are hooked into this March 4th deadline now. They want the trial to happen then because they're hoping they can interfere with Super Tuesday and that Trump will never be named the presidential nominee. Can I beat a dead horse, Captain? Does that make sense? So that's what's going on here. That's what's going on here. They do not want Trump to be president, which means preventing him from being nominated in the first place. That's what they're trying to do. Now, meanwhile, while all this fraudulent stuff is going on, the the greatest threat to our republic since the Civil War, actually, you have Joe Biden, who was a traitor and a criminal in the White House. And, you know, Hunter Biden was was subpoenaed. He was supposed to testify in a closed-door deposition. And he showed up in the front of the courthouse playing games and said, I'm here for a public testimony. Public testimony. A lot of people are asking me, because the left is good at spinning, why 
Why do Republicans insist on having a closed-door deposition versus a public hearing? Right? Isn't Hunter Biden just trying to be transparent? He just wants a public hearing. What's so wrong with that? Why don't we accept that? Public hearings are for show. They're for show. They are for theatrics. They're for gotchas. They're not actually productive. You get five minutes. You have limited questioning. It's a dog and pony show. So, of course, Hunter Biden wants the public testimony because it doesn't have teeth. Now, what the Republicans have subpoenaed him to show up for, which he's not doing, is a deposition in private. And the reason they want to do that, man, it's bad being sick. Anyway, the reason they want to do that, I'm dying here. The reason they want to do that is because in that situation, you can actually hold Hunter Biden accountable. One, there's a lot of sensitive information, but you get an hour at a time to question Hunter Biden. So what do you want if you have a case against somebody? What do you want if you're trying to build a case? Do you want five minutes in front of public cameras? That's a joke. Or do you want an hour, two hours, three hours to ask these questions? Obviously, the closed door deposition for the prosecution, I mean, I'm using that word loosely, uh, that's what you want. The public hearing benefits Hunter Biden because it's fake. It's fake. It's, you know, the media can twist it, sound bites, everything else. But behind closed doors, Look, and they would release the the transcripts. We've seen them do this before with, with other things. So that's what's going on here. But I mean, I got I got to play a couple clips for you. Cue up cut one, Captain. This is Hunter Biden. Uh, I got two clips of him. Here's here's the first clip of Hunter Biden uh, gaslighting the American people about what's going on uh, with him. Go ahead and play the cut, Captain. There is no fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life. So much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. They have no shame. These same committee chairmen have engaged in unprecedented political interference in what would have already been a five-year investigation of me. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. All right, well, there you go, being gaslit by him. He's the victim, don't you know? Cue up cut two. I want you to hear this. This is him playing the victim card. I mean, it just makes you sick to your stomach, Captain. But go ahead and play cut two. Attack my wife, my children my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction. They've belittled my recovery. And they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, who has devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine. I mean, so pathetic. This is one of the biggest scumbags on the planet who lives a life of luxury, um, who expects to be treated differently and protected, and he has been, and he's just repeating a bunch of lies, but woe is me. Meanwhile, you have Trump and his family being unjustly targeted and persecuted for nearly a decade now, and Hunter Biden here, who's committed real crimes, actual crimes, is complaining that he's being targeted. And, you know, there's a great piece that was written over at the New York Post by Jonathan, I think this one's Jonathan Turley. He gets into some of this because if you're paying attention to the media right now, they are coming up with, there's a few talking points 
that kind of mimic and mirror what Hunter Biden's saying there, right? They're targeting him because he's the son's president. This is a political thing and so on and so forth. Well, Turley really gets into some of these things. Um, we have abundant evidence now that not only did Joe Biden, of course, know about his son's foreign business dealings, which Joe Biden still lies about to this day, but you actually do have actual evidence from bank accounts showing that Biden also received money directly. Well, circumvented kind of through a money laundering scheme, but for example, Hunter Biden would funnel the money from the communist Chinese to Joe Biden's brother, who would then write a check to Joe Biden and say it was for a loan. So what we know is there's a organized effort by Joe Biden using uncles, his brother, and in Hunter Biden's case, using his uncle and his his father, Joe, uh, to, to use this influence peddling to then funnel money to his father. So this effort to portray Hunter Turley Wrights as some purse-snatching junkie doesn't fit the evidence. He's been flying around the world to meet with these corrupt individuals, securing millions of dollars. It's not that he's got a cocaine addiction that he's just trying to feed. And this guy is a grown man, Captain. They talk about Hunter Biden like he's a, a minor. He's not. He did all these things as an adult. It's fair game. So here's some of the myths that you're hearing from the left. It's all about Hunter's truck. <coughs> now, I've got to admit, when <coughs> Comer and the others kind of came up and, and pointed this out, I mean, this is evidence of the corruption we're talking about. But I knew the left was going to minimize this because of the amount of the payments. And then the left in many ways won the argument on this just because they're so loud and obnoxious. But the House Oversight Committee, you may remember, they released evidence showing payments to the president out of Hunter's business accounts. And the committee was using these payments to show that the business accounts were being used for personal payments. And so you had this intermingling of funds. And the Democrats and the media, as Turley points out, latched onto payments where Hunter was allegedly paying back loans to help pay for his truck. So they, they spun this, oh, this is about a father's love, not anything impeachable. Well, he points out that this is a cynical effort to focus on a few thousand dollars while ignoring the millions the committees detailed in months of investigation. So we know that millions of dollars have poured into Hunter Biden bank accounts and then millions have also been funneled into the accounts of Joe Biden. But when they came out and pointed out this truck business, which the point of it was to show there was intermingling, it wasn't private. It came from a business account. Joe Biden saying he didn't know about his son's foreign business dealings. And lo and behold, you have Hunter Biden paying him directly from one of these business accounts. But the left said, oh, it's a, it's a truck payment. And the truck payments are just a handful of dozens of transfers from these accounts to Hunter. And, um, <clears throat> you know, anyway, I'll just get into a couple more. Joe Biden did not benefit from the influence peddling. Well, we, we know that that's not true. We know that, uh, you know, the, the left's last line of defense, they were arguing that while millions may have been sent to Biden family members, right, in this raw influence peddling, well, there's no evidence Joe received or benefited from the money. <clears throat> and that's not true. We have actual evidence that shows that payments were not just made to children and other family members, but also to, to Biden himself. So anyway, I mean, this is, this is just unbelievable this is going on. And you have people on our side that just want to throw up their hands and say, let's get rid of it. Let's ditch Trump. Let's ditch Trump. I, I want to point out something else. I want to play some clips in a second of Vivek Ramaswamy. He just wrecks, wrecks Abby Phillip of CNN at this town hall. But you were, so the Dow Jones reached a, a new high. Uh, I don't know if it was 36,000 or a little over around there. And the 
Democrats, of course, are suggesting that the Biden economy is booming. This is evidence that the Biden economy is just soaring. It's roaring, baby. We've never had it better before. And we know that's not true, given inflation and everything else. So it's true that Dow Jones set a new high, but you have to put this in proper context. So actually, I need to see, Captain. Uh, I actually uh, tweeted something out, x something out about this. So uh, look, when Trump entered office, the Dow Jones was 19827 and 25 cents. So it was under 20000 right? Even despite the shutdown of the economy, which did devastate the Dow Jones briefly, despite that shutdown, the Dow still reached a then high of 31223 before Trump left office. I think that was on January 14th, 2021. So you have the Dow increasing by roughly 11,000 points under Trump, even despite the lockdown of the economy. Now, Biden is celebrating the Dow reaching a new high of 37,000. That's a pathetic performance. You understand that there's nothing to celebrate as it pertains to the great Biden recession? We went from 19,800 to 31,200 under Trump, even with the shutdown. And under Biden, we've only gone up maybe 6,000, but we did 11,000 under Trump. I mean, people have got to get perspective. I mean, they, they, these people will just take you for everything you have, the Democrat Party will. I'm debating whether to go with this. I'll end with a funny story about a Boston mayor under fire for a no whites Christmas party. But uh, go ahead, queue up cut. Uh, you know, well, I was going to do... Let's just do it because I gave it to you. I I want you to hear Jim Jordan. He has a nice rebuttal to what Hunter Biden said the other day and these lies from the left. Go go ahead and play this cut. Here's Jim Jordan talking about Hunter Biden. When Jeremy Biden, Biden, Biden said that when his father contempt. had no involvement in his business dealings, period. How do you respond? That's not what Devin Archer said. There was telephone, uh, phone calls, meetings, dinners, you name it. We know what happened with Burisma in Ukraine in that December 4th through December 9th time frame where Joe Biden goes and leverages, conditions that the American tax money on the firing of the prosecutor who was looking in to the executives of the very company Hunter Biden was on the board of. We know those facts. Joe Biden said he never met with any of these people or talked to any of these people. That was the narrative before we began this investigation. Now we know he met with and talked to every single one of them. So the president hasn't been honest about his associations with these people who have been wiring millions and millions of dollars to Hunter Biden. This is one of the most infuriating things to me still. Speaking of kind of double standards or or no standards whatsoever, Joe Biden in 2020 on the campaign trail, even during debates, lied and said he never talked to his son about his foreign business dealings, that he didn't even have any knowledge about them. And to this day, Captain, it is now almost 2024. And and no reporter, nobody in this country has made him answer for why he lied to the American people about that. How can you get away with this in this country that's supposed to have an open, free press? And you have the President of the United States who lied to the American people and still lies to the American people day in and day out and is never held accountable for anything he says. It's absolutely infuriating to me that this is happening and the United States of America, where there is no accountability for anything. And it's frustrating me. It's frustrating me. But my response is not to go for low-hanging fruit to delude myself with thoughts that are untrue and to blame Trump for it all. Even still. All right, uh, queue up cut four. So Vivek did a CNN town hall. I don't know why anybody does these town halls. Anyway, The benefit is you get to see what a low IQ individuals who work at CNN actually have. Abby Phillip is a very, very unintelligent person. It's just true. I mean, CNN doesn't have anybody that actually has a brain. That's 
understandable. It's CNN. They have no ratings. They have no brains. They have no talented hosts. But they have Abby Phillip, and she is a typical spokesperson for the deep state. She doesn't have a intelligent thoughts. She's not a free-thinking, rational human being. She's not a journalist. She's not interested in facts, reality, asking actual questions. She's only interested in forcing the approved narrative by the frauds on the left that have been lying to us for so long. And Vivek Ramaswamy, to his credit, repeatedly tries to set the record straight. Vivek actually does have a mastery of facts, and Abby Phillip has no clue what she's talking about. She just tries to shut him down. You'll hear how you, it makes your stomach turn. It makes your stomach turn. But go ahead and play cut four, Captain. Go. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. a shame. If, if I may finish just answering. Well, let me just. Is, this is really I, I'm going to. I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because because I know this, that the establishment were, doesn't approve of this message. I know that there this, were federal we should agents. Be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal. This is agents this is important to talk about. This, you this are saying there were federal agents in the pad on on, yes. on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. So why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say there how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen evi- any evidence so that we've there seen were, multiple, and so we've seen multiple informants suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asking. Is there any evidence? May I just finish there, this, me, and well, then you can me, come back and question me. Well, let me clarify. I know it's very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my question I know question this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but we have to do the truth here. I'm going to clarify my question, because I want to make sure that you understand what I'm asking. I understand this. She just gets wrecked. She gets wrecked. Now, CNN will spin this, and this is what they always do, but she doesn't know. This is somebody who purports to be a journalist, and we don't have any journalists at CNN. The FBI, what he's pointing out to on multiple occasions before congressional testimony, has been asked point blank about were there federal agents embedded on January 6th with the protesters? And they have refused to say no, because there were. We know they were there. We know that FBI agents were embedded with the Proud Boys before January 6th. So we know something was wrong. We all smell a rat. So go ahead and play cut five. He'll push this again. And listen to Abby Phillip, the non-journalist at CNN. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released, 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd? You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, Now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing Mr. people in, again, right through the front the door. The vast majority I mean, of that footage evidence should have been released shows, before, Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast should have been majority of the before. footage shows and my police officers being overrun and, and about one more by case. violent really riders. That's yeah, what I'm the vast majority of it shows. Hard facts. Of it shows. So what, here's what entrapment is. I'm not cherry-picking. If I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry-picking. To the contrary. To the country, you, you, know cherry pick pick you know who cherry picked the government. That that is what happened the government cherry picked 12 hours of footage when there was 200 hours of footage. The cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I when, think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we Gretchen Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep. I want to be really clear on this because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Anyway, I just want to play that for you. I, you know, I, I, I admire Vivek Ramaswamy, Captain. I do. I've got many, I'm kind of skeptical. I have a lot of questions like a lot of people about his background and things like that. But all I can base my reactions and responses are in, in a truthful way is to what I'm seeing right now and the consistency from Vivek. And, you know, this is a guy who's not afraid to tussle. I, I, you know, I would love to see him as the press secretary for Donald Trump in 2024. Well, 2025, when he would start the his third term because he was robbed of his second one. Uh, I, I actually I want to end with this. I think you know we're running out of time here. It's been like a couple of weeks, so I'm really eager to put a lot of information in here because, unfortunately, you know the the podcast has become a little bit less frequent and unreliable in terms of timing lately, and. It's really hard, I got to be honest, because every day things happen, but I can't comment on them because other things replace them. So 
<clears throat> these are the most important things that we need to discuss. I wanted to mention good news. I wanted to mention good news. So the Supreme Court of the United States hasn't decided yet if they're going to take up this immunity question from uh, Jack Smith to ensure that March 4th uh, a court date. But the Supreme Court has agreed to hear a case involving a J6 defendant named Joseph Fisher. Now, federal prosecutors have charged at least 327 January 6th defendants with obstructing Congress's proceedings on that day. One of them was Fisher, who the Justice Department says pushed against police, encouraged other members of the mob to break through police lines, and had at least one physical encounter with an officer. So it's obstructing an official proceeding. Now, listen to me. They are also charging Trump with this same thing in the Jack Smith case. So if they shoot this down, if they side with this uh, 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 J6 protester, that case is pretty much gone and eliminated. The other thing is, because the Supreme Court has taken up this case, it's likely that Trump has the valid ground to delay that March 4th case that Jack Smith wants. Because this ruling on this January 6th defendant case will directly affect Trump's case itself. So it doesn't make sense for that date to stick. So I think that this is ruining the Democrats' plan. But anyway, this is one of the the charges against Trump. Now, um, this provision that they're using was enacted in 2002 as part of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, which was a bill passed in the aftermath of Enron. So after the Enron accounting schedule uh, scandal, you had people destroying evidence, shredding evidence directly. And Jack Smith, who always bends the law, this is what he has a history of doing. He's a fraud. Well, what he's done here is he's, they've, they've used this against J6 protesters. They've bent and misconstrued this small law that has nothing to do with January 6th, and they're using it to pursue 20 years of jail time for these defendants. And you had one judge, Carl Nichols, who was overseeing the criminal cases of three of these January 6th defendants. He actually dismissed these charges in the past. But then in an April ruling, the U.S. Court of Appeals for D.C. Circuit ruled for the government. So they over, overruled what Nichols said. Um, so, you know, the point is, this has no usage for this situation. Um, the, the J6 individuals <clears throat> did not destroy evidence. They didn't go in there and rip up certifications. They didn't do any of this. So this is this ridiculous bastardization of a law that has nothing to do with what happened on J6, but they're using it because it carries a hefty jail penalty. And because they don't have anything else, because J6 wasn't an insurrection. So they have to go and desperately dig up obscure rulings and then try and make them match what took place on January 6th. So that's what's going on. All right, let's end with this, Captain. Okay. You got a Boston mayor, Michelle Wu. She sent out an email invite to her holiday party for electeds of color. So she's having a holiday Christmas party. It's not going to be, no Bing Crosby White Christmas will be playing at this Christmas party, apparently, because whites are not invited. Now, she sent it out to the members of the Boston City Council. Well, believe it or not, there are still white people on the Boston City Council. So this Email sent by an aide was supposed to only go to members of color on that council, but it was mistakenly sent to all of the members. So white people that work for the government in Boston got an email, if they were white, telling them whites not invited, we're having an electeds of color Christmas party. And they didn't apologize. The only thing they apologized for was that the email went to the white people. They're not sorry that this Christmas party that is racist is happening, but they're sorry that the white people learned about it. This is your left. This is who you're dealing with. And I got to say, 
Who is Michelle Wu kidding? Is she going to attend this Christmas party herself that she's hosting? Asian people are like whites. She's not an elected person of color. Since when are Asians people of color, Captain? Last time I checked, the Asian people were in the same discriminated category as white people. And also, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you look at Asian people's skin, Captain, um, they're more prone to skin cancer than white people. Like, I'm white because I'm not in the sun right now. I swear I can tan. I can. I'll never look like you, Captain, unfortunately. But I can tan. Um, but what Asian person is a person of color? You realize they, they don't even abide by their own rules? I mean, this is ridiculous, right? So anyway, but, you know, Michelle Wu, a person of color. How about that? What color is she? She's Snow White. What? Not no whites allowed. I thought you know it's like a you, you're supposed to have a a, a you know you test someone's uh, uh, what is it Mel- melanin? You got to test their melanin before they can enter the door. You know if you reach a certain level. Anyway, so that's going on. There's your Democrats, not racist at all. Just uh, having people of colored Christmas parties where white people aren't allowed. So anyway, all right. It's been great being with you, honestly. Thank you for being here. Share this episode with people. If you haven't got my book yet, uh, pick up my book, America's Last Stand, Will You Vote to Save or Destroy America in 2024? Um, I don't know if I should share this or not because it may not do anything. We'll find out, I guess, but we're family. Uh, Supposedly, my book is making it into the hands of the one and only Donald J. Trump uh, soon, if not today. So we'll see. I'll keep you updated. Uh, But anyway, whatever. Um, it's a book to, to persuade people that he's, well, he is going to be the nominee and we've got to elect him. So, uh, God bless you all. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew L. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Allen. Has Drew Allen. Conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.